Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, President Trump says he wants to end the HIV epidemic in 10 years. A state senator in Wyoming compared being gay to bestiality when she met with LGBTQ youth. A new study indicates children raised by same-sex parents do better in school. And for the first time ever, a Disney character says the words, I'm gay. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. In his State of the Union address this week, President Trump announced he plans to end the HIV epidemic within 10 years. According to an overview released by the Department of Health and Human Services, the plan calls for overhauling the government's approach to combating HIV-AIDS and will adopt successful models utilized in cities like San Francisco, New York City, and Washington, D.C., where diagnosis rates have seen a steep drop thanks in great part to public messaging about PrEP, or pre-exposure prophylaxis. In recent years, we have made remarkable progress in the fight against HIV and AIDS. Scientific breakthroughs have brought a once distant dream within reach. My budget will ask Democrats and Republicans to make the needed commitment to eliminate the HIV epidemic in the United States within 10 years. We have made incredible strides. Incredible. <laughs> Together, we will defeat AIDS in America and beyond. While certainly a laudable goal, Donald Trump's past actions on HIV offers many reasons to be skeptical. In December 2017, he fired his entire Presidential Advisory Council on HIV-AIDS with no warning after several members quit pinning a Time magazine essay titled, Trump Doesn't Care About HIV. He pulled funding from a major HIV research lab in December, redirected funds from the Ryan White AIDS Care Act to pay for his migrant family separation policy at the border, and among many other actions, proposed to cut back on PEPFAR, the presidential initiative that addresses HIV-AIDS on a global scale. And then there's the litany of attacks on the LGBTQ community as a whole. Stacey Long Simmons, the Director of Advocacy and Action at the National LGBTQ Task Force, shared her own skepticism, saying, HIV advocates all agree that ending transmission is an important goal. Based on Trump's repeatedly broken promises, we have caused to question his commitment until we see the necessary funding flowing to strategies that will actually end transmission. I agree. I'd love to be proven wrong in the long run. We'll see, folks. 
Wyoming Equality shares this disturbing encounter high school students had with State Senator Lynn Hutchings. On Friday, February 1st, Wyoming Equality, the state's only statewide LGBTQ civil rights organization, hosted its biannual Gay Straight Alliance Civics Day where students from GSA clubs across Wyoming are invited to learn about state government and civic engagement. Students from Central High School, accompanied by their club sponsor and high school teacher, went to visit their representative for their district, Senator Lynn Hutchings. The students wanted to discuss HB 230, titled Enhancing Quality Employment Law, and express their support for the bill. The legislation would prohibit discriminatory practices based on sexual orientation or gender identity in employment practices across Wyoming. Meeting with the children in the gallery of the state legislature, Hutchings said she was unfamiliar with the bill's language, so the students shared that they wanted her support because the bill would protect the students from workplace discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Hutchings' response, per Wyoming Equality, was to compare being gay or lesbian with bestiality and pedophilia. She said, quote, If my sexual orientation was to have sex with all of the men in there, and I had sex with all of the women in there, and then they brought their children, and I had sex with all of them, and they brought their dogs in, and I had sex with them, should I be protected for my sexual orientation? End quote. Wyoming Equality issued this statement regarding Hutchings' behavior with the high school students, calling her language unacceptable and inexcusable. They wrote, It is our understanding that while the state legislature's anti-harassment policy mentions no protected classes, including sexual orientation and gender identity, Senator Hutchings' behavior was unacceptable and inexcusable. 14 and 15-year-old high school students wishing to engage with the legislative process should not have been confronted with the comments made by Senator Hutchings. Those students, some of which identify as LGBTQ, were deeply hurt and disturbed that they were compared to acts of bestiality and pedophilia. Wyoming Equality went on to say, we are horrified. On GSA Civics Day, we expect students to be challenged and engage in lively civic dialogue. This is not what transpired. As guaranteed by the First Amendment, Senator Hutchings may express her beliefs and views however she wishes, but her behavior is not what we expect of adults in the workplace, and we expect even more from a Wyoming elected official. Marion Orr, the mayor of Cheyenne, denounced Hutchings' behavior, tweeting, Shame on you, Senator Hutchings. We deserve better. Our youth deserve better. Bestiality is equivalent to being gay? Really? Things got heated in the West Virginia House of Delegates this week when first-term delegate Eric Porterfield advocated for an amendment to House Bill 2699 that would have prohibited local municipalities and cities from adding non-discrimination ordinances that protect sexual orientation and gender identity. Porterfield defended the amendment, saying, As legislators, I don't think it's our job to legislate behavior. This is discrimination against the First Amendment and religious liberty. And the LGBT is the most socialist group, and they don't protect gays, he added. He also said the word faggot as he referenced the title of the speaking tour of infamous homocon Milo Yiannopoulos. 
the Dangerous Faggots Tour. Now, to be clear, the word was chosen by Yiannopoulos, not Porterfield, for the title of the tour. But his colleagues objected to the use of the word, much like folks would object to the use of the N-word in public. Or anywhere, for that matter. On Friday, Porterfield continued his attacks on the LGBTQ community, telling the Charleston Gazette-Mail, the LGBTQ is a modern-day version of the Ku Klux Klan, without wearing hoods and their antics of hate. The Gazette-Mail went on to add that Porterfield called the LGBTQ community a terrorist group, and that he is being persecuted by the gay community in retaliation for his hateful comments. Porterfield alleges he's received threats on Facebook and voicemails. He took to Facebook to write, Last night and today, members of the LGBTQ community have exercised hate crimes and threatened my safety. Porterfield, a Baptist preacher, heads up an organization called Blind Faith Ministries. The name is a reference to Porterfield himself being vision impaired. West Virginia Democrats have called for the freshman delegate's resignation over his inflammatory comments and language. As the Trump administration continues to push for a ban on transgender military service members, new legislation is being introduced in Congress by a bipartisan group of lawmakers to allow open service by trans soldiers. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York introduced the bill in the U.S. Senate this week, along with Senators Jack Reed of Rhode Island and Susan Collins of Maine. Calling out President Trump for the proposed ban, which was unceremoniously tweeted out in July 2017, Gillibrand said in a statement, President Trump's ban on transgender service members is discrimination, it undermines our military readiness, and it is an insult to the brave, patriotic transgender Americans who choose to serve in our military. We should end this discriminatory ban for good and ensure our transgender service members can continue to do their jobs, serve with dignity, and protect our country. The legislation would ban the Pentagon from discharging any currently serving trans soldiers only on the basis for their gender identity. Additionally, new recruits could not be turned away from enlisting based only on their gender identity. A similar bill was introduced in the House of Representatives by California Congresswoman Jackie Speer. Co-sponsoring the bill in the House were Representatives Anthony Brown of Maryland, Joseph Kennedy of Massachusetts, Susan Davis of California, and John Katko of New York. Last month, the Supreme Court issued a stay of injunction on two lawsuits that blocked the ban. The policy hasn't gone into effect yet, as the last lawsuit is still being appealed in Maryland. While the House version could very well pass, the Republican majority in the Senate pretty much ensures, sadly, this legislation will be dead in the water there. However, even if the bills passed in both chambers, it would land on Donald Trump's desk, where he is certain to veto the legislation. It's notable that both Speer and Gillibrand invited trans soldiers to attend the State of the Union Address this week as their guests to highlight the issue. In related news, one of the highest-ranking officers in the California National Guard announced this week that the state would not discharge trans soldiers from its ranks. A new study indicates children raised by same-sex couples perform better in school than those of opposite-sex parents. Using government data tracking all children born before 1995 and 2005 in the Netherlands, 
Researchers found children with same-sex parents scored higher on tests in elementary school and secondary school and had a 7% higher likelihood of graduating from high school than children reared by a mom and a dad. A team of economists at a research university in Belgium crunched the data, which followed the children's progress from primary school through high school. The research was presented at the American Economic Association Conference in Atlanta last month. Educational performance, family income, and more was utilized in the massive study which followed over 1 million children, including 1,200 children raised by same-sex parents. The researchers noted that same-sex parents tended to be more financially well-off, more educated, and older. Because same-sex couples often have to have access to pricey fertility treatments, higher wealth, and a deep motivation to have children can play a big part in same-sex parenting. As we all know, gay and lesbian couples don't have children by accident. Speaking at the conference, one of the team members said, it's difficult for same-sex couples to obtain children, so they have to have a high socioeconomic status. Research shows that socioeconomic status positively influences the school outcome of children. Now sometimes, children become part of a same-sex family due to divorce between straight and gay parents, but that doesn't necessarily mean those children were raised in a same-sex family household. Even when looking at children specifically born and raised in same-sex families, researchers noted higher educational performance when compared to heterosexual families. Earlier studies have shown no real difference between children raised by heterosexual versus homosexual parents, although a 2014 study from the University of Melbourne in Australia indicated children of same-sex couples often exhibit happier and healthier behavior than those of opposite-sex parents. In that study, researchers suggested that same-sex couples sharing more equal household responsibilities may have contributed to greater social cohesion. That same report showed one of the biggest issues children of same-sex parents face is stigma. In 2017, the popular Disney Channel series Andy Mack announced the show would feature a gay story arc, a first for the channel. More history was made this week when the character of Cyrus Goodman, played by Joshua Rush, became the first Disney character to ever say the words, I'm gay. In this week's episode, the show's leading characters were attending the shiva of Goodman's grandmother. Helping to explain some of the Jewish dishes at the buffet, Goodman points out kugel, bagels and locks, and gefilte fish, before ending his list by telling the character of Jonah Beck, his former crush, I'm gay. Yeah? Cool, replied Beck. And life went on. Just as it should. The writer of the episode, Jonathan Hurwitz, wrote in a guest post for GLAAD that the inspiration for the moment came from his own coming out process back in 2010 with a college friend. Hurwitz writes that while grabbing burgers one afternoon, his friend asked him to pass the ketchup, so he handed him the bottle while mumbling the words, I'm gay. He looked up at his friend who said, cool, and then proceeded to put ketchup on his burger as if he'd never revealed his most personal, deepest truth. Hurwitz went on to say, that's it? After a 10-year journey to come out to myself, I finally come out to my friend and all I get is a cool? 
Hurwitz ended the story by adding that what he ultimately realized was that his friends and family loved him unconditionally before he'd even learned to truly love himself. And that's the way it goes, folks. I'll bet there are a lot of LGBTQ people out there who went through the exact same thing and came to the same conclusion. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com and instinctmagazine.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.